At some point, you've probably heard this phrase, as above, so below, which suggests that when we go into the micro scale of things and zoom in really, really close, like to the cells of our bodies, we see atoms and a lot of empty space. And if we zoom out really, really far into the macro of space and galaxies, we see a lot, a lot of empty space between the planets and bodies. So it's just like when we zoom in and we zoom out, it looks very similar. So there's this sort of relationship, this reflection of what's within as in what's without. And in many ways in our relationships, people are a reflection of us. And when we get stuck pointing a finger at somebody or judging something we don't like, there's always three fingers pointing back at us when we're pointing the finger at someone else, right? And it can be positive or negative or neutral. Especially those positive ones. Those ones are usually a little harder to see. When there's somebody you really praise and love a lot, those positive qualities are also within you. You wouldn't see them if they weren't within you. At least that's my perspective and experience. And you may have a different perspective, and that's totally valid. But if I'm a reflection of you and you're listening to this, maybe you agree with me to some degree, or maybe I'm triggering you to some degree. Uh, and that's just your own stuff to work on, so go work on it. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, it's it's good to have this awareness of how the internal and the external are related, right? And there's the observer sort of principle in uh, quantum mechanics and quantum physics. So when we look at something, if I look at it, I'm going to see things a certain way because of my perspective. And even in quantum physics, there's this sort of suggestion of how things work that if I'm not looking at this object, when I don't look at it in a way, it doesn't exist. Right, so there's a whole rabbit hole. I'm not going to go down here today, but I am going to go down the rabbit hole of Saucha, contentment, the first Niyama. So we're covering the whole yoga philosophy of the eight limbs. So it's going to be quite a long series. We're not even halfway through yet. We did the first five Yamas, the things that we don't do, like not lying, not stealing, not harming. And now we're moving into the Niyamas, the things we do do. Uh, and speaking of doo-doo, oh boy. So the, the content and the cleanliness comes before the contentment. So we want to make sure we're cleaning up the mental poo of our minds by being aware of contentment. Oh, I said it again. Cleanliness. And I actually made this mistake on the last episode. I'm just going to leave it in. All right. So we're talking about cleanliness first, then contentment next week. I'm so discontent. I just can't wait to get to contentment. Uh, so I need that class more than ever, right? So we're going to talk all about cleanliness today. And it doesn't mean just taking a shower, brushing your teeth, and combing your hair every day. Uh, if you're doing that, that's a good start. But we're also talking about internally and mentally what's happening in the mind and how the environment can shape that and our patterns can shape that. So as above, so below, as within, so without, and in our environment, right? Cluttered desk equals a cluttered mind. Unless you're one of those people who are like, that's not me. This is so wrong. I love a cluttered desk. I feel so much more productive and creative. In that case, great. Maybe you're more of the uh, sukha qualities, more of the yin energy, more diffuse awareness where you thrive in an environment where things are just spread out and you can just randomly pick at things and randomly put pieces together. And that's awesome. Totally valid. Or maybe you're more like I happen to be where I'm more orderly and I, I thrive more in having structure and a list and a more linear approach to things. So when, in my case, a clear desk is a clear mind. And I would argue that, you know, if you're in a house that's, if you've ever watched the show Hoarders and there's just stuff everywhere and like this old sandwich from six years ago that you're holding on to, 
I would suggest maybe you're not going to do your best work in that environment at an extreme. Uh, but to some degree, you know, you want to sort of make a mess and like any sort of if you're in mixed media or art or anything like that or do some sort of art projects, right? you're going to make a huge mess for a while while you're creating. And I think that's totally valid. But then you got to clean up that mess and make room for the next mess, I think, you know, in my experience. And I've done a little bit of art, uh, and but I admire artists and watch them and, and see their work process. Uh, so I think at some point you do need to clean things up and clear the slate and start over. And that's what Souch is all about, of clearing the slate. So looking around our environments and what are we taking in, right? And what kind of media are we watching? What kind of uh, social media are we Who are we following on social media? All those messages, all those inputs come in and they've got to be processed and assimilated somehow. And if we're just constantly taking in sort of junk food, like just if we're just eating donuts all the time, our body is going to start to look like a donut, right? As, as uh, outside, as within, and as soon as it becomes, uh, you know, we become the donut. Uh, or we can, you know, eat vegetables, fruits, healthy foods, and the occasional snack, totally fine. Always got to have that and uh, be realistic with your body and your diet. Uh, but you want to make sure that what you're taking in is intentional and not causing a uncleanliness where now you're like reactive and triggered and of course you know social media can be a breeding ground from that uh, media can be a breeding ground for that it's all in how you use it right it's a choice and uh, sometimes it's easier not to get reactive because you've done your practices and you're just self-aware and not to say that anybody's not self-aware uh, but it's very easy in those environments to get triggered and polarized and reactive to others but really, ultimately, we're reacting to something within ourselves that the only place we could possibly resolve it is going within. That's why yoga, meditation, psychotherapy, therapeutic practices are so essential. You've got to do the internal work first because uh, you can't change the external. You, can't, you can only do so much about your environment. So Saucha and cleaning your environment, you want to look at, I like the KonMari method, Marie Kondo, uh, the book, The Magical Art of Tidying Up is fantastic, right? You, you can learn a little bit about me. Obviously, I'm into like the minimalist sort of lifestyle where it's just like, is this functional? Do I need this? Uh, can I let this go and try to focus on, does this spark joy? Do I really like this thing? And keep the things that I really like and let go of the things I don't love. And one thing you could do here is take uh, inventory of your space. And if you have, you know, the time, if you happen to listen to this while it's going live, and a lot of us are under quarantine with more time, you could kind of look around your space and, and just evaluate, you know, is this thing something I love? Is it, am I not sure? Then put it in a pile of not sure or donate or throw away. And then leave it in that pile. You know, if it's hard to let go, leave it there for a month. If it's really hard to let it go, leave it there for two months. And then after that time, if you haven't gone back and used it, or you think for sure, you know, you're not going to use it anytime soon, let it go. And if you really need it, most of the time, most things, you could get them back. If they're sentimental, if they're pictures, you could take pictures of them, you could scan them, you could post them digitally. So they're not taking up that physical clutter. But still digitally, we could have a bunch of clutter and have our minds be cluttered, right? So if your mind starts to get cluttered, scattered, anxious, worried, overwhelmed, you want to look around your environment and just feel into it. Like really listen to your body. When I look at this pile of clothes, do I feel more overwhelmed or less overwhelmed? If I organize them and just tidy it up a little bit, do I feel more overwhelmed or less overwhelmed?
and kind of go through your home in that way and maybe just give yourself, you know, an afternoon to do this process. And I like to do this regularly, like every few months and things will start to pile up and I just kind of keep this pile that I'm going to review later. And when things go retrograde, like they happen to be right now in May, late May 2020, anytime things are retrograde is an ideal time to go back and do that. And if you want to learn more about retrogrades, go into my Quiet Mind Astrology podcast where I talk all about that and give you the new horoscope every month. So that's one suggestion of just what what sparks joy. Keep those things uh, and what doesn't, let them go. And that's going to help clear your mind. Now, let's say you're working with uh, stuck emotions, some scars, old patterns we'll talk about in future episodes. Uh, and there's a psychological concept of learned helplessness. So in this research, they gave this dog a collar that if it passed a certain line, it would get a shock. And they basically trained the dog and several dogs, you know, this is, it's not a violent shock. It's just a little like slightly uncomfortable twinge, right? So it is a little cruel, I will admit, but it is an interesting research project of where they found, you know, and this was, as far as I know, years ago before we had as much awareness about animal cruelty unfortunately, you know, but it is what it is. So we have the research now to know that these dogs got this little shock and they learned that if I cross this line, I get the shock. Eventually they took away the shock altogether and the dog still would not cross the line, even if their owner was on the other side with treats saying, come to me and trying to coax the dog across that line. It had learned helplessness. And this is a psychological concept that we all can get into sort of slumps where we learn that if I do X, Y is going to happen. If I am confident and bold, people are going to judge me and criticize me. If I take a risk and put something out into the world and try to expand my business or ask for money, people are going to think I'm greedy or selfish. And there's some point in your past where that was true and valid and totally true. And at some point, now it's in recent history it doesn't apply to this situation and now you've got this learned helplessness pattern of like i'm not even going to try i'm not even going to try to cross that line because i know what will happen i'll get shocked and it won't be pleasant and it's scary and it's uncomfortable right so this is uh, it could be a samskara this could be called a samskara which is basically like a pattern we've learned a neural pathway we've made in our brains that said don't go this way scary monsters pain suffering don't go that way. Uh, but in yoga and all things to do with Eastern philosophy, we're always learning not to avoid discomfort and not to seek pleasure. So saucha, cleanliness, might sound simple and easy. Just wash my hands, take a shower, do a little meditation, and I'm good. But oftentimes, it's actually a bit uncomfortable. And we have to lean into those edges of really finding a new level of clearing the mind of where the mind is afraid to go here. And I remember when I was a kid being brought to a cave and being terrified of going into this cave. It was like a Halloween thing. I was like five years old. I would not go through the door of the main entry of that cave. I was so scared. And I remember that fear and it stuck with me for a long time. And fortunately, I was a uh, sort of a dumb, rebellious teenager and did a lot of stuff like going to haunted houses and going into caves. I lived in Minnesota where there's a lot of these caves. Uh, so we, you know, me and my friends would just get together and go to these caves. And I was fortunate to have some friends who were like, just go, just do it. You know, like crazy, dumb teenagers can be. 
uh, and we would go into these caves. So I got to overcome that fear, but it taught me a lot about, you know, when I go through it, especially when you have help and that's where, you know, some sort of support, a teacher, a friend, peers, uh, you know, in this case, you know, I don't recommend finding a bunch of teenagers to get you to overcome your fear and do something stupid. Uh, but it worked for me. And, you know, <laughs> if you end up in that situation, you know, it could work for you as well. But uh, I got to go into that cave and realize, you know, it's not so scary. Uh, but there was some weird stuff in those caves. I will tell you that. Uh, very creepy. Seemed like there was like some ceremonies or rituals going down in those caves. Uh, very strange. I'm still curious about what was the purpose of those. But anyway, I went into the cave and I, I don't feel as afraid now. I don't feel like if I if I were brought to a cave now, I could just walk in with a flashlight and be like, all right, you know, it might be a little creepy or unsafe, but I can run out if I need to. And that sort of helpless feeling was ameliorated by just leaning into it. So my mind is no longer sort of dirty, you could say, with this uh, samskara. Now, I know trauma is a very real, deep, powerful thing, and we want to make sure we address that with psychological tools, with support, right? I'm not talking about that sort of thing. That is beyond the scope of this. But to say, if there is somewhere you feel a little blocked, or you feel like you're kind of repeating this pattern, or like you want to do something bold, you want to take a risk, but you're a little afraid, ask for help, talk to peers, get support get therapy, do your practices, and notice what is clouding the mind. Are there beliefs from maybe, you know, your family that could be limiting beliefs and your environment could be limiting your, your potential? You've probably heard of like how crabs, again, this is not the, the most animal-friendly metaphor, uh, but it's an interesting sort of t subject that we can learn from, that if crabs, the way that they're boiled when they're cooked, is they, they're all in a pot and the water temperature slowly increases. So it's not suddenly boiling, it's slowly heating up. And then inevitably, some crabs will start to try to crawl out to get out of the boiling water to save their life. But other crabs will grab them and pull them back into the water because they don't want them to get away. They don't want to be separated. And this can happen in your home, your environments, your your peers, right? It's like, oh, you changed. Oh, now you're doing this, right? You, you're now you're this person. Uh, and they don't feel comfortable with you changing and growing. And in that case, you need to choose, right? There's It's the difficult thing of growth sometimes. Of If your friends are only your friends conditionally, if you do X, Y, and Z, are they really your friends and do they really have your best interest in mind? So in this way, this is cleaning your environment and your social circles. And it might be that you're still friends, but you just don't talk about, you know, your yoga practice or your spiritual practice. And there's just a disagreement there. And that's okay, but you connect on so many other levels. And that's totally fine. You don't need to just cut people out of your life. I'm not suggesting that. But you do want to be mindful of like, is there some direction you're trying to go? And are there people that are actually actively pulling you away from that? And that might be your spiritual path, your spiritual practices, uh, your personal growth, your finances, your health, right? Is there is there like you try to eat healthy, different from your environment and everybody shames you for it, right? Maybe there's something you could say, you know, when you, when you get right with yourself and really find the internal sort of connection of this is why I'm doing this and this is who I am choosing to be and choosing to become. 
And maybe you don't communicate it in those words. Some people might just laugh at you,、uh, but you find a way that's resonant to communicate your boundaries and your needs in your relationships. So you no longer have this sort of line, this invisible line that you can't cross because you couldn't cross it before. You've cleaned up your relationship to that line, that environment, those circumstances to say, "I am going to choose to do what's in alignment for me." So that might mean clearing your desks. That might mean getting rid of things you don't love. That might mean only having things that you love in your environment. And of course, that likely means doing practices that nourish you and clear your mind, like yoga and meditation and therapy and journaling or nature walks, whatever it is for you that helps you get that cleanliness of your mind. Right? Because I'm just going to assume you got the showering thing down, the brushing your teeth and hair, and clearing, cleaning your ears out.、Uh, Hopefully you got the ear thing. You don't want to use Q-tips. You don't want to push Q-tips into your ears, right? You want to swab around the ear. Otherwise, you're backing up wax.、Uh, that's an important thing that not everybody knows. So I want to make sure that is communicated as well. But as within, so without; as above, so below. We do the work to clean our minds internally as best we can, but also externally, and that makes it a lot easier to find contentment in the next step of the eight limbs of yoga. In saucha contentment, which again I messed up last episode.、I'll、just leave it in. I'm human, right? I'm content with my flaws. I'm okay with that, and I think it's okay to see people mess up as well. So we'll talk about contentment and continue in the niyamas. There's five niyamas. First one is saucha cleanliness. So make your bed. There's a whole book on this. Great book called Make Your Bed. Uh, it's a powerful way to start your day. Actually, very simple, but it starts you in with a small win and this feeling of cleanliness. Right? Try not making your bed for a week. See how it feels. See how it affects your mind throughout the day. Try letting things become disorderly and chaotic, just to see how it feels, just to get perspective. And then maybe try a week of being overly cleanliness, overly saucha of. Meticulously cleaning everything just to feel what that's like, and then maybe you can find somewhere in the middle because that's always, almost always, where the truth is. Somewhere in the middle, not this polarity. Polarizing has to be extremely clean or、uh, just total chaos. But can you find your center somewhere in the middle of that where you can access both when you need to? More stira, more stability, more structure when you need it. More sukha, more ease and fluidity when you need it. So that's my thoughts on saucha contentment,、uh, and I oh my god I did it again saucha cleanliness. I am so discontent with myself right now. No, I hope this has been helpful for you, and I am actually very content with myself, and I think it's okay that we all make mistakes, and、uh, I hope you also find contentment in making your mistakes.、Uh, but cleanliness, cleanliness, saucha. I need to clear my mind a little bit more next time before I record, so I don't keep making these mistakes. But I'm okay with it, and I hope you are too. And if you want to keep in touch with me, find me on Instagram at Jeremy.QuietMind, and love to hear what your thoughts are about this series and any questions you have about the niyamas or the eight limbs of yoga or any other yoga topics. Follow me on YouTube as well,、uh, Jer- uh, Quiet Mind Yoga on YouTube. I'm going to be posting a lot more stuff there. I moved into this awesome new space. Really excited about making some videos there. And then finally, if you want video yoga practices, go to the Quiet Mind membership, 
Quiet Mind at Yoga Slash membership. There's a founding members price that's ending on the 1st, June 1st, 2020. You'll never be this low again, $9.97 a month. And the price will go up after that as I continue to add new awesome content to the site. I've had amazing feedback and amazing people from all over the world already joining. And you can join now and lock in that founding members price at quietmind.yoga slash membership. Hope you have a great rest of your week. Thank you for listening and talk to you soon.